Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. My name's Lisa, and we are still here in the month of June, which is Pride Month. And today, I'm going to share out a timeline of the history of the LGBTQIA movement, including some really important moments that helped shape the movement going forward. Before we jump in, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on any episodes. If you're interested in more episodes discussing the LGBTQIA community, we have previous episodes including healthy, unhealthy, and abusive LGBTQ relationships, coming out, and how to be an ally. So I encourage you to go check those out as well. Another thing to mention is that throughout this timeline, we're going to be discussing some pretty difficult moments within the timeline, including instances of grave injustices, harm, and even talking a little bit about a mass shooting that occurred. So please be advised, this can be an extremely triggering conversation and your listener discretion is definitely advised. Even if you're going through, you need to take a break or something's too heavy, feel free to do whatever's best for you. But with that being said, let's get started with some earlier history. According to an article published by the American Psychological Association and GW University, there is evidence of homosexual activity and same-sex love, whether such relationships were accepted or persecuted, in every documented culture throughout history. There's also substantial evidence of individuals living their lives as a different gender than the gender assigned to them at birth. Some of the most notable gender variant documentation in history can be seen in the female husbands of Kenya or the prevalence of Native American two-spirit individuals that did not conform to the gender binaries. I'll have information for those groups linked below so you can learn more about that. Some of the earliest social movements that organized around the acceptance and rights of LGBTQIA individuals began as responses to centuries of persecution by the church, state, and medical authorities. These original anti-LGBTQIA ideals made homophobia normalized and widespread. It wasn't until public media and the political revolutions of the 18th and 19th centuries that activists started to come together to advocate on the behalf of the community. By the 20th century, there was a movement growing around LGBT rights, but there was also a lot of struggles. First and foremost, these initial groups and leaders of the movement were predominantly, if not all, white male activists from Western culture. So many concerns did not address queer women or others that identified as gender variant or non-binary. Other races, classes, or identities were not necessarily being advocated for in these beginning stages. Although these initial, very well-intentioned movements were doing great things, they still had a far way to go. The early history is extremely fascinating, and there's so much more to it that Just for time's sakes, I will not include today, but again, several articles are linked below that detail the early history, so I highly encourage you to check them out if you want to know more. The first gay rights organization called the Society for Human Rights was found in 1924 by Henry Gerber. Fast forward to World War II, we start to see major changes, including the Harlem Renaissance, where gay life began to flourish in urban areas. Blues music was depicting struggles for queer people. 
and an underground culture where male and female drag stars took the stages at speakeasies became popular. In 1947, Alfred Kinsey created a study where he created a scale or spectrum for homosexual identities. Several other organizations began to organize from 1950 to 1955, including the first ever lesbian support network. And these groups started to receive support from some of the prominent psychologists and sociologists of the time, although it wouldn't be until 1973 that homosexuality was removed from the illness classification in our diagnostic manuals. Throughout the 50s and 60s, gay men and lesbians continued to be at risk for psychiatric holds, prison, losing jobs, and child custody as the courts and medical clinics still defined homosexuality as wrong or criminal. The first gay rights demonstrations took place in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., led by longtime activists Frank Kameny and Barbara Giddings. These demonstrations preceded new legislation, one through the civil rights movement in 1965, that outlawed racial discrimination. This created more of a platform for open demonstrations of marginalized groups. One of the most major turning points for LGBTQIA liberation came on June 28, 1969, when the infamous Stonewall riots occurred. Gay bars and clubs were ultimately places of refuge throughout the 60s for individuals in the community to socialize and express themselves openly in a safe place. There was actually regulations in place through the New York Liquor Authority that deemed LGBT bars as quote-unquote disorderly and subject to be shut down. Thankfully, these regulations were overturned in 1966 after Sippins done by the Mattachine Society, pushed the Commission on Human Rights to rule that gay individuals have a right to be served. But engaging in any quote-unquote gay behavior in public, such as holding hands, kissing, or dancing with a same-sex partner, was still illegal. So police continued to target and taunt any gay establishment, bar, or club. The Stonewall Inn was actually an existing bar that was bought out by a famous New York crime family, and they saw a huge profit that would come from the community. And after some quick renovations, the Stonewall became a pillar of the LGBTQIA community. It was actually a getaway, and for some homeless gay youths, it became a nightly home to seek respite from the streets. The mafia family that owns Stonewall also bribed the police to ignore the goings-on in the club, which did help protect patrons, but also allowed the owners to conduct some unsafe and illegal activities, such as stashing alcohol without a liquor license and not keeping the building up to safety codes. Ultimately, this bribe did not last, as on the morning of June 28th, the police raided the club with a warrant. This raid was an awful event. The police were beyond extremely rough with the patrons. They actually even took individuals into the bathrooms to conduct quote-unquote sex checks on those who were in drag or suspected of cross-dressing. They also arrested 13 people. Instead of leaving in defeat, patrons began to rally outside and became increasingly upset as they were harassed and roughed up by the police. One woman was struck over the head by a police officer while being forced into a police vehicle. 
And when she shouted to the onlookers to take action, people around began to throw change, stones, and any other available objects at police. This ignited a full-blown riot that involved hundreds of people. And these riots lasted for five days and ignited a lot of public attention for the movement and the unjust treatment of individuals in the community. So although this incident did not start the gay rights movement, History Channel actually described it as a galvanizing force for LGBT political activism. On the one-year anniversary of the riots, thousands marched in Manhattan streets from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park. This was known as the Christopher Street Liberation Day, which was actually America's first ever gay pride parade. In 2016, President Barack Obama designated the area of the riots and the march as a national monument in recognition of the area's contribution to the gay rights movement. But even with all the positive movement, there's been horrific setbacks, including the Pulse nightclub shooting, which happened on June 12th of 2016, where 49 were killed and 50 were injured. This hate crime against the LGBTQIA community has been called the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. And this was done during LGBT Pride Weekend and obviously specifically targeted this popular gay club. The enormous response from officials, law enforcement, and other top authorities, including the FBI and the president, were a display on how far we have come in our culture and acceptance and the support for the community. Even today, there's ongoing conversations and legislation around things like trans rights. We also know that homophobia and other oppressive views for the community are still a very prevalent issue in many communities. So yeah, we have seen some wonderful strides in the movement, but the work certainly isn't done. Our voice is so important and being an ally for the community, if you don't identify as LGBTQIA+, is extremely important for continuing the work. I encourage you again to go check out the episode we have defining LGBTQIA and how to be an ally if you want more information on how to be a supportive ally for the community. And like mentioned earlier, there's a lot more to the ultimate history of the LGBTQIA plus movement and the people. So again, go look at some of those resources. We have a lot of amazing things down there, including some of the most important individuals that were involved in the Stonewall riots and many other important moments throughout history. But on that note, although this has been a lot in a short amount of time, definitely some heavy things um, you know, involved in this conversation. So let's go ahead and do a little breathing work together. I know... I could certainly use this breath work right now. A lot of the listeners out there might really benefit from, you know, taking a few centering breaths. So let's go ahead and begin our meditation. And I want you to find a comfortable space, find a comfortable position, whatever that looks like for you. I want you just to start taking slow, deep breaths in through your nose and out your mouth. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Either focus on some point in the room or gently close your eyes.
On your next inhale, I want you to breathe in for a count of three and hold for three before exhaling for a count of three. So breathing in, two, three, hold, two, three, exhale, two, three. Again, breathe in, two, three, hold, two, three, exhale, two, three. Continue with this pattern of breathing. While you're completing this breath pattern, repeat in your head, I am strong. I am worthy. I am centered. If any other empowering words come to mind, feel free to repeat in your head whatever it is you feel you need right now or that could benefit you. I want you just to start breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth again. There's no longer a need to count those breaths. Just breathe easily and deeply and notice how calm and relaxed you feel with every inhale and exhale. On your next inhale, I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose, really fill your lungs, and a big exhale out. Again, take a deep breath in, really fill your lungs all the way, and exhale fully. And you can go back to your normal breathing. Start to wake your body up slowly. Do whatever you do to bring yourself back into the room, adjust in your seat, do a little stretch, gently float your eyes back open into the room. And I hope that was enjoyable. I hope that was a good bookend for this conversation. I want to reiterate happy Pride Month to all of our listeners out there, especially our LGBTQIA plus listeners. Like I mentioned earlier, we do have a few episodes centered around all different LGBTQIA plus topics. So really encourage you to go ahead, take a listen and check those out. Also, there's a lot of resources, not only about more of the history that I did not get to today but also a lot of specific support for any individuals in the community that need it, including relationship support, housing and safety concerns, and chat lines just to have a simple anonymous conversation about 
anything you feel like you need to discuss, especially with a trained advocate. So thank you so much for joining me today, and I really hope you will join us for our next conversation.